you and me, we probably end up the remote meeting I, audience. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Yeah, thanks again for, for doing this. It's like afternoon. I, I, it's like time travel kind of when I talk to people in the UK for some reason. It feels like very surreal. I, and I feel like a completely different person, like early West Coast times. Who knows what this like episode will be like, to be honest. Oh, wow. I can blow my background. So you don't have to my yeah <laughs> same i don't need guests to see my like laundry pile that's ever increasing <laughs> are you a good housekeeper amy um no i like to pretend i am but i'm like really bad at the minute i'm like just like <laughs> it's my problem with clothes it's like whenever i go out i just like i change outfits about like four or five times and i just like throw everything on the floor and then i just like <laughs> and then i don't deal with it for like days that's what i'm a problem with like just clothes <laughs> And so wardrobe, relatable it's too small as well my wardrobe it's like not enough so i can't even hang everything mm-hmm. up mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. so relatable wait do you do this like where it's like okay i'm going out i better wear like seven things before i even set foot out the door i've gone through like seven outfit changes because it's like no no this isn't right and then like one last one just before i go out it's like oh no these socks like something like really irrelevant that no it's one's even really gonna see weird. Yeah, something weird and then like i'll change it again and then the whole night i'll be like why did i change it it just looks stupid or like i'll just <laughs> I mean, like, I wanted to wear the fucking, like, yeah, I wanted to wear, like, the Vetamon's, like, skin-tight thing, and then I'm like, oh, no, but I'm, like, fucking, I just, yeah, I just can't fucking, like, I can't, like, choose what to wear. I don't like wearing the same outfit, like, loads as well. I kind of like to be, like, mm. you know, like, Harry or whatever, where she wears a different outfit, like, mm-hmm. before, I haven't been seen in the same outfit, so I'll try and make a some outfits into other outfits i'll always wear like dresses as tops and stuff i try and like <laughs> yeah i'm into like, jeans and like oh it's just it's like a top yeah i'm like i love it well there's the opposite you could go for like the like iconic like one or two outfits that you wear everywhere and just like that's your known style maybe that would simplify things for you <laughs> at the minute i'm just wearing brandy like all the time i'm just wearing brandy melville all because it's just so functional nice. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. I don't know. I did bring you on this silly to talk about, about clothes and fashion, but this is, I guess, a gaze and dolls episode Ooh. officially. I have a, a I don't know how to set this one up because I feel like it's a little controversial somehow. I, I guess my podcast has been branded as a hugely transphobic podcast, and I'm a huge like Nazi. So it's a little bit shocking for some people, probably, that I would reach out and invite the lovely, the talented, the witty, and the truly cultured, I will say, uh, user from the internet. Twitter anon, but not really that anon, honestly. I have in- not anon. Like, <laughs> like I should be more, but I'm like <laughs> No, you're out there, girl. You're out yeah. there. We have the infamous, the notorious basic Chanel, Amy, on the prod. Welcome to Here Comes the Backlash. Uh, hi. Yeah. Um <laughs> the first doll you've had on. You're I've the had- first doll. You're my token doll. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, I feel like I document way too much online. I feel it was that, like, I don't know if you've seen that, like, Dylan Mulvaney video with Laverne Cox, where, like, Dylan goes up to Laverne Cox and Laverne is like, girl, you don't need to document everything online. It's, like, really complicated. <laughs> I feel like that is what I am, basically. I'm just, like, I just all say everything, Yeah. I don't know your your age particularly, but you are probably on the younger side, perhaps, and so maybe more, or maybe it's more natural for you just to document everything, you know? I feel like it's doll coded to do that. I feel like dolls love to like share photos all the time. They love to have the fucking like people gassing them <laughs> all. Kind of like um, you know, um, they will post so many fucking selfies. <laughs> and narcissistic <Damn>. people. <laughs> <laughs> narcissistic. 
That's fair. It's actually wild to think about that there's multiple generations now of like visible, I guess, trans celebrities, uh, like famous trannies, maybe like Laverne kind of doesn't feel like that long ago, but that's been like over a decade and a half, probably since like she really became super famous. And I think uh, it's, it's interesting. She's like the elder, like Dylan, honey, you don't need to like go and document everything. It's so, it's sort of funny to me. Yeah. (laughs) Or like literally, literally is like, She's probably like the wave that was a little bit more cool. Now it's like so everyone's so cringe now, basically. But like she's managed to remain like I don't to me, she's glamorous and she's like very beautiful and kind of like um yeah, I will I will always like like her, even though she's obviously a lib. Like it goes without saying that like every trans activist is just a lib. You have to accept that like the politics are shit, but like For energy. Sure. I'm all about the energy of them, you know. That's an important distinction, actually. Uh, I mean, they can't all be Caitlyn Jenner, right? Unfortunately <laughs> or unfortunately. <laughs> uh, that's something I think about a lot lately, which is like the disconnect between kind of what you just described, like the, the energy of a, a celebrity versus like their like, kind of outer manifestation as like a political actor or a lot of things, even just like the spirit of like underlying principles, like diversity, for example. Like I do think diversity is like a great idea in theory you know like i think people should come together with other people who are not like them i think there is value i think forcing i think the way that it's kind of uh implemented in in the west or this like hr culture is like so toxic and it completely does the opposite it does not bring people together it has the exact opposite effect um so there's like this weird disconnect so i totally feel you on that like where there's like you can still like things there's a there you know i look, I have, I have Amy on my show. I'm a known transphobe. And yeah, I have Amy on my show because I was like, she's a cool, interesting person. I would like to talk with her. I feel like there's so much pressure on us all to like make these like false like choices between these binaries. And then you have to like stick to it. And if you don't choose one team and stick like super hard yeah. to that team, you're kind of like an outcast. I don't know. Do you yeah, feel like an outcast? I feel like an outcast. I feel like I, I get all, like a lot of heat for like the people I interact with all the time from mm. of adults and kind of like, you know, like, um, people get so mad you can't like disagree with people but at the end of the day I'm way way more about like energy and stuff like I sometimes I feel like I can feel like a good person and even if like I don't agree with that I, I just like this if someone's a good person or if they're funny and charismatic then I will just give them a, a huge pass to do whatever <laughs> Basically, it's important. It's more to like people's energy is important for sure. Um, can you can you explain actually what's the definition of a doll for you? Yeah, it's like at this work, I feel like I've been really associated <laughs> with this work because it's like, uh, it was kind of like a from New York, right? It was kind of like uh, in the like black drag queen and sort of trans women like use this term for like someone who is like, you know, so beautiful that she's literally like a doll. Um, and I think now it kind of means a specific, a specific kind of trans woman, right? Someone who's like very... Uh, yeah looks like snatched very like beautiful like doll like and I think to me it's become a kind of like uh it's become like a dog whistle basically where it's like if you someone says they're a doll like it means that they're making a distinction between themselves and the kind of the other kind of like the kind of you know the ones that aren't so doll like right the less doll like that's a very diplomatic way of saying it yeah um, I think it's, I don't know. So I'm, yeah, I, as the, obviously I'm a boomer, but I'm a very hip boomer. So I get all this. But for some of the other people in the audience, I think it's important to kind of elaborate on these. Um, I think of a doll almost as like hyper real, like beyond, like more woman than woman in theory, in a, in a sense, this um, hyper performative. I don't think, what do you think of this? I don't think, I think biological women can be dolls. I think like Pamela Anderson is like an oh, er doll, like, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like doll coded. There's like, 
there's, I mean, there's so many women that are just like, just like, just, just at all, right? They just like seem, and they happen, I think they resonate with like gay men as well, like doll like women have like this connection with gay men. It's like this like hyper, hyper femininity, I think, in like, which is transcends biological sex, obviously. Like you can be feminine, be a man, you can be feminine, you can be a tranny, you can be feminine, and you can be a woman. And I think, to me, like, that's always been, like, I kind of, like, I'm so bored of the, like, oh, the what is a woman thing, right? It's just kind of, like, these trans, trans women or women thing. It's just kind of, bo- it bores me. It's just, like, I don't really care. Sure. I don't really care. About, like, I feel like you can just be your own thing, you know? You don't have to be, like, you have to be this and have this conversation about, like, what is a woman? Is it, like, a social contract or is it, like, a biological thing? It's, like, I'm just... Def- I've always avoided the question because like I just I can't be bothered or just getting hounded by people for what I say so I'm like <laughs> that's fair I feel yeah. like uh, this this fits though because I feel like this project what I'm trying to do is get people to reject labels in a lot of ways like I think we can define ourselves and things that aren't words I fucking hate words I'm sick of words over it it's a poison it's a virus and that's really been my whole thing all along is that's like who cares how people express themselves these like outer manifestations of ourselves are they're important they do tell a story you can make uh, informed choices based on who somebody is where they come from how they how they act but there's also like another essence right to people that as you were saying earlier there's another vibe or energy to people that is not necessarily in alignment with those expectations that you'd have for those kind of outer kind of signifiers uh i know it induces almost like the schizophrenia in people when they try to go outside the binary you know when people try to do what you're doing like live their lives like authentically and just be like hey this is who i am i'm not going to subscribe to all this stuff or myself kind of the same way like i am a notoriously a bad gay quote unquote you know i don't really like being called a gay person necessarily like i'll take sodomite i'll take homosexual because i don't really buy into the whole political uh agenda behind that and people are like well then you must hate yourself and it's like no you actually don't have to like it, it actually hate you <laughs> to quote the the famous uh, neobacteria and basil i hate you faggots not myself right and then maybe you, you relate to that a little bit like what i guess yeah it's hard to be 80 and to be like just uh you're outside the box you're outside the lanes you're doing your thing you're, you're getting attention but you get a lot of flack is it awesome is it fabulous is it hard what's it like being amy the doll um it's, yeah, I mean, it's fun it's like kind of like the online stuff doesn't affect me like that much to be honest because like I'm very aware that it's kind of like these like people that like hey I'm the, the, all they see are like an avatar and like my words right they don't actually know me so it's like it's hard to like take it like fully personally like sometimes it gets to you when it's just like they're constantly going on about stuff and you try and be kind of like you try and say something in good faith and then they accuse you of saying it in bad faith and mm-hmm. no one really gets you as well it kind of feels like that's difficult um and I've definitely been like ostracized by like real life people because of my online presence and stuff mm-hmm. so that's been difficult too but like at the end of the day I do just really care about this stuff you know and I like I want to like talk about it and like actually I'm making a film that she like that with all this stuff as well yeah, interesting so yeah so it's like yeah it's, it's yeah it's difficult it's like I don't really in terms of like being trans, I don't really feel like it's that difficult at all. Like I don't know if I'm just like just I just don't really like have any kind of like I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I'm I'm not really very cockable anyway. But like even so, like you you the worst thing is people are like what like a microaggression. That's like the kind of worst thing. <laughs> like, right, like, right. It's like sometimes people are a bit cringe. Sometimes people are a bit like the libs are like so embarrassing. When I was like I was up with my friend like a few weeks ago and like we were like 
we were talking and it's this gay guy and he was like he's talking about grinder and he's like oh yeah i know how you feel because like i'm trans and i've been on grinder and he was like he turned to my friend and he, he was just like kept going he was so amazed that i was trans in a really condescending way and he turned to my friend <laughs> he's like you're so amazing for what you're doing like being <laughs> friends I feel like the idea that it's like it's like it's she's doing a good thing by me. They're so backwardly like kind of annoying about it. They're like what they're so weird about it, the libs. It's insane. Then they get they don't know how to I'd rather just the guy was just like some like conservative guy because they're usually more endearing when they talk about it. You tell them they're trans and like oh so true. There's no way. Like, it's like, I prefer that. Like, it, that's so funny you say that. I, I say that a lot. I feel less safe often around the libs when they find out that I am a quote unquote dissident or whatever that I don't subscribe to their beliefs than I do around conservatives who maybe don't even like gay people or trans people, right? They tend to be, honestly, they will not, they're not going to be like, hey, I accept you into my like heart and I like will like bring you into my family. But like, they're not going to be a shithead to you either. Uh, I had a question. You said to me about microaggressions. Is there something akin to like black people like saying like, uh, like, don't touch my hair like there's like, this whole thing like a meme about microaggressions there is there a, a, a doll's equivalent or a trans equivalent to like something that everybody does it's like super fucking annoying but maybe not the end of the world yeah i think it's like i think it's like liberal girls right liberal girls <laughs> very very like they get so excited with you and they kind of like they're almost like an awe in this really like sometimes it's like a jealous way i think sometimes but like sometimes it's like they can be a bit bad but at the end of the day it's just like what people are people i probably do microaggressions against like or people like i just think microaggressions are just like there's a part of life right people are very different and people don't understand people and it's like it's like you know people people do get excited when they see like someone different like i'm sure if i'm sure if i'd never met a gay person i'd be like super excited (laughs) if i saw a gay person for the first time (laughs) um so it's like I don't know. I have like a lot of tolerance for everyone. I mean, I have a lot of lib friends. I have a lot of like, you know, people who are just like, Mm -hmm. I'm not like, um, so yeah, I guess it's just like, yeah, white liberal women can be very, (laughs) always, I guess the the bane of everyone's existence. (laughs) Sorry, white lib women. I know. I don't think there's any in the audience, uh, to be honest, but (laughs) we see you, we hear you, you're, you're struggling is real um when you were in the like kind of debate you did this debate recently with thoughts and prayers shout out q a um you and basil who i i, I really i don't know how you, i don't know how you actually feel about basil to be honest because i think you guys have kind of this like frenemy almost kind of relationship yeah. on the timeline um yeah. you did the debate right and i thought i was generally very impressed because i think a lot of people in the quote-unquote trans community or lgbt or even on the left or whatever anything anyone on that side of things doesn't like to debate they don't like to engage in any uh, any kind of a conversation where they might look look stupid or have to defend their positions that are based on nothing. Um, and you actually, you, you were willing to do it, which I was really impressed by. I will always give people credit for like talking to people who are in good faith, you know, that yeah. don't necessarily agree with them. Um, and I was actually struck though in that conversation that was like, Amy's much closer to Basil's, I think, politics, honestly, than you are to like a quote unquote uh, trans activist, you know? You trans activist, yeah. I think, I think with me and Basil where I disagree, I think sometimes the language he uses is, is like a little bit like <laughs> humanized. I would say, like I've always like said, like, and I think my my problem with Basil is I think he is just too into it. I think he is just like <laughs> I don't think that the, the TQ is like the defining issue of the day. I do think it is like to me, there's like bigger issues like right with Ukraine and kind of like COVID. I think I said that in the debate, right? I think mm-hmm. the TQ to me is kind of like 
And I think that maybe came through in the debate where I was like, I kind of like, I'm not as bothered as he is, right? I'm kind of like, I'm quite lax. Mm-hmm. With, I kind of see, I see what some of the trans activists are saying. I do see like, I think like the healthcare thing is important. I think you should have, people should be allowed to do this. I think people should be allowed to, um, it's, it's the gender identity concept that I kind of agree with, but I, I don't, gotcha. this idea that it's like, you just are the same as a woman. If you're like Caitlyn Jenner or you're like, uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna diss Caitlyn on the pod. Actually, <laughs> no, she's a future guest, undoubtedly. Yeah, so, yeah future no. <laughs> let's, let's say like just like Rachel Levine or some like guy who's just been a man his whole life, and mm-hmm. then says he's a woman, and then you have to accept them as woman not only in that moment but like retroactively as well. Everything they did in the past mm-hmm. it was, it doesn't make any sense to me, and it's like, totally. yeah, it's like, I think that's ridiculous. I think the dolls. I think. I mean, they're closer to it. There's something like what that. To me, they're always like something in between, right? I, I think mm-hmm. social experience of being a doll is very, very different to just being a man. When the when the child's mm-hmm. like, oh, it's the same. I think it's it's completely insane. Like I, you know, get fucking like solicited all the time. I get kind of like, you know, like that stuff doesn't happen to just men. So it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, they so wish it was like, happening. They wished as uh, these um, autogynophiles, they will call them. I try and compliment <laughs> men all the time. I try and be as like forward to them as well because I know that they need it. I'm like very pro-man, very like, you know, I think they need someone to just give them, you know, a bit of attention, kind of like, mm. yeah. That's lovely. I, there is a, uh, there is definitely a masculinity or slash men crisis in, uh, at least in the West. Um, and it's funny, <laughs> you're, you're hitting on something. So I think that's one of the, one of the areas where I kind of, um, ran up against the trans community i guess we'll say i i, I i'm homosexual right i've had i will say i've known trans what do you think of me saying tranny is that offend you is upset yeah, it upset yeah. you <laughs> like i am uh, intent matters i guess really right so if i was to look at you and be like you fucking tranny don't you fucking that would be like that would be rude i wouldn't do that uh just like i would well no i would say that to a faggot it's a little bit different uh in that case but you know what i mean like it, intent matters and so that word like i don't know i learned that word from like a tranny in a club like that was the first time i remember hearing that word i think it was like riveting i was like 19 years old they're like oh that's a tranny honey and i was like oh and it was like this mystical experience so now i'm gonna sound like a trans activist so i i met this ancient race of people called the trans and they were so amazing but really i was like a different world right because this was like the club culture i guess like i feel like i get where gay basil's coming from i guess is because i think i have seen how that has been used really expressed as like a thing about embracing people and belonging which i'm of course in favor of i think people should be kind to other people i think people should try to be accepting of themselves and of other people right but i started to notice like censorship and that that kind of stuff really triggers me like anything kind of totalitarian starts to bother me and i didn't i didn't have a word for it i didn't have a way to name that for a long time but i was like bothered by things i was seeing i couldn't quite figure out why and then i did realize at a certain point i was like oh because these people are censoring people they're shutting down like debate um and i don't know so yeah and i think around a lot of it's around this idea of like autogynophiles or or fetishist i guess so would you explain i guess a little bit like the difference as you see it between like uh hsts i guess or a doll or or agp i don't know do you mind breaking that down yeah well i guess it's kind of like the way it's defined by like blanchard who wrote it is kind of like an agp is kind of like uh somewhere is like heterosexual uh kind of has like an auto erotic uh target location era where they project their own sexuality onto themselves and then kind of um that's the kind of yeah yeah so it's basically like that's one specific type of like trans basically where it's just like and it can like manifest as like extreme 
dysphoria or whatever but like obviously that's where like the the real excesses of the whole trans movement like the you know the kind of male rapists and you know where mm-hmm. actually gets like a policy issue it comes more from from those types um and i do think there's like that's the kind of thing that's like very big uh in the west now i think it's because like i don't even think it comes from male alienation i think like a lot yeah. of like men are just like see this like trans concept and maybe they have like mild autogynophilia or whatever and then it kind of like they see these like you know people like the person i devoted like nominal Naomi, all these kind of people and it's like oh those people seem happier than me they've got a community people care about them what if i was that and then they kind of like go further on um so I, and i think that's the problem and i think it's where i disagree with basil is like I think the, I'm interested in the root cause of where it comes from. And to me, it all comes from just this like hellscape of like neoliberal, mm-hmm. neoliberal atheism together, basically, are mm-hmm. the real problem. I think it's like a meaningless society that's all it's about is just accumulating wealth that like, and no one has any meaning. Men don't have any meaning. Women have slightly more meaning, but not much. It's like, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to feel like alienated from us. We get like not just HPs, but like non binary as well, kind of like. You know, uh, what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's just people want something. Like people want something to like cling on to to define themselves by, and mm-hmm. like hides it to them. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants a word. Everybody wants like a magic word that they can attach to themselves. But I'm like, those are spells. Those words are spells, and you are like coming into under a trance. I feel like, and no pun intended. Mm-hmm. By kind of subscribing to some of these uh, these ideas, because I think you're right. Like gender is obviously performative to a degree right it is like kind of this abstract thing that kind of correlates with sex but it's sort of this other thing right that changes over time like masculine notions feminine notions all that i buy into right it, it shifts over time i think the high heel is a great example right where it's like it starts out as french uh, men's fashion eventually is associated obviously with like with women um so i, I was like i was like kind of like oh this is actually good that we're having these conversations like i, I like critical theory in theory like i think it's interesting to kind of think about these concepts and so i was like yeah like this makes sense the biology piece was where things started to like unravel for me because i like i had an experience where i kind of got in trouble like for for advocating uh for biological sex in a, like, a ridiculous presentation but essentially like uh kind of was like doing this a like, very pro-trans argument but then kind of got feedback that i had actually been super transphobic because i was implying that there was like a biological difference between men and women and i was like oh that's really surprising uh, because there is one and i didn't think that was wrong to highlight it um and i think i don't know what do you what's your take and we don't we can't we'll, we'll wrap up our rtq discussion here in a second but like what's your take on this kind of movement towards like everything's a spectrum uh, divorcing things because it sounds like you you just mentioned like materialism sort of uh, in a way i feel like it's like almost this like hyper materialistic kind of deconstruction of nature almost in a sense mm-hmm. like, yeah you know well, that's how it's like i don't think there's just a biological difference between men and women i think it's like a neurological and a spiritual difference between mm-hmm. them like just inherently so so different i think i guess that was like a lie that was sold by like like Camille Pogli, like Debunk Solicitor really well, right? Like it was like postmodern mm-hmm. were just like all uh, qualities associated with women are just like constructs that men made to oppress women. I don't believe that at all. I think it's genuinely like men and women are so, so different. And it's mm-hmm. like, and it's like, it's not constructed. Some of it's constructed by like patriarchy, but it, it isn't. And I think 
yeah, this idea that like biological sex is also not real is just like it's just insane, right? Like what then they what they cite like the intersex people, like naught point what and they use <laughs> to like justify their kind of thing that's like completely different to it. Mm-hmm. It's so cynical. It's so like um and I get that there's like, okay, if you're a trans person, a trans man or a trans woman, you're like oh slightly different to like a biological male in the sense of like you could get breast cancer, for instance. You got boobs, right? You could get like so. There is, there's like, a, there is differences, mm-hmm. and like, there's, there's a, there's a spectrum of maleness, and there's a spectrum of femaleness. But there, mm-hmm. is, they are, there is a binary. Mm-hmm. There is a, mm-hmm. like, so there's many spectrums within the two. But you can't, like, you can't really, you, can't, I mean, you can't change sex, right? Like, you know, I, yeah, exactly. To me, it's all it does come down to this, like, fundamental, like, uh turning your back on god i mean it's essentially it's kind of like a middle finger of like hey and not, and that's not to say that people cannot express themselves it's not about um individuals right it's about these kind of like systematic systemic like uh notions that we're gonna like undermine we're gonna deconstruct like thousands of years of like not just tradition but just a reality like right and i think you are right that it's not just the tq quote unquote uh that drives it but i will say this i think covid was not not necessarily not possible, but it was building on top of a lot of the framework that we saw with LGBT issues, I guess I'll say over the, the decade before, like race and LGBT like, actually issues. So like the whole Trayvon Martin, the like all the kind of like BLM stuff was really used as a um, a bludgeon basically to kind of silence people. I think the LGBT rights issues has been the same thing. I actually think a lot of this goes back to AIDS, to be honest. If you read Celia Farber, who's a really great writer from uh, on, on the subject of a kind of dissident AIDS scholarship, she talks about how Dr. Fauci really implemented political correctness is kind of like this uh, way of kind of defending the lack of science in the HIV crisis. They really didn't have a lot to go on when they were making these kind of proclamations. And you see it again with COVID and you see it with like TQ where a lot of these things, your life, whatever, you can do what you want. But when you start to be like, oh no, children, it's totally fine to give kids like uh, cancer drugs at age nine or whatever to like delay puberty. And it's like, is it fine? Do you have science? And they often don't. And they will use like the cloak of doing good and the cloak of civil rights and the science and all these like kind of like uh great like noble causes that actually they don't have any basis in reality they, they're not actually yeah. grounded in fact you know oh. and it's yeah and it's like you can't that's i know you can't engage you can't actually just you can't even have a kind of you can't even have a soft critical position without it being like the softest i feel like we're both quite soft critical of trans. like i'm actually not transphobic actually i actually just like <laughs> love trans people like, i literally and that is like i do care about that and i do think it's like but like i, I yeah you can't this like the the trans kids question right you can't engage with that because it's like oh you're uh fucking you know you're condemning all these kids to suicide mm-hmm. if you don't let them transition mm-hmm. the second they say they're a woman um and i think it's extreme on the other side whether the language they use and stuff like the genital mutilation in, in children right it's like it happens all right but it's like it's not like every time a kid plays with a barbie it's like someone's gonna be so i think there's like an element of like hyperbole on like but like i and it's people engage with it without knowing the science as well which i think is like really really weird it's like you know i don't know like this i don't know how these like medications work in kids at all i don't have mm-hmm. i'm really, and it's, i'm not a sciencey like girl you know i'm not sure, like, sure. <laughs> i don't know that kind of thing so i guess even a lab coat i don't know have you ever tried i yeah, feel like you need a lab coat and goggles <laughs> Um, I'd have to be blonde again if I was going to be a science hero. Yeah, you need to do like full science Barbie look. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know about like the, I, I don't have a position really. I think like fair, fair, fair. 
Um, I will yeah, say, like, questions just got told to people just got me too much shit. So I'm like, I don't want to know the thing that people have been giving me shit for. I'm like, that's what I'm no, scared no. of. Shit, right? I'm scared about like saying anything. I'm kind of like, hundred uh, percent. And that's why I, I mean, that's kind of why I started doing this is because I felt like I couldn't be quiet about things anymore. I was like, I just, I'm not, I'm not here to even say. Uh, an absolute like prescription or anything like that. But we have to be able to have conversations like this. So I appreciate you for kind of engaging with me. And you should get me fired after this. Uh, yeah. Like this that transphobic pool house. He's the worst person. Okay. He was like, <laughs> he called me a tranny. Um, that would be so, actually, that's like the classic move is to be like, this transphobic age ridden faggot who probably sucked 16 dicks before he woke yeah. up this morning. Like, there's always like this kind of like unrestrained, like homophobia or racial, whatever it is, whatever the person is that they're attacking, suddenly all the things that they claim to profess uh, in terms of like, uh, you know, loving other people, that all goes out the window and you can suddenly attack people ruthlessly the second that they uh, detect that you don't sign up with the terms of service of their entire party platform, right? <laughs> 100% I get like so much I get way more like so I get so much stuff from like leftists like so much mm-hmm. like trans- or, like just stuff mm-hmm. like you know the dissection of my appearance is more comes from leftists I think like that's the weird like they're that's always insane. like about my nose or my jaw it's like weird like the the right-wing people just say oh you're trying and just move on right they don't but like the left-wing people have this really like um <laughs> They can't yeah. help but tell on themselves every single time. Every time they tell on themselves. <laughs> it's like the, the, what, the funniest thing that the leftists always do is like whenever I say something about like beauty standards or something in trans women, they like, they call it racist all the time. But it's so like funny because it's like, I don't even, men- I've never mentioned <laughs> white or I genuinely think like black trans women are like some of the most they're like pioneers of like doll culture. Like it's all owed to them. Like the idea of like serpent and stuff, it comes from black uh, trans women. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. if I ever say like, oh, anything, they're always like, oh, she's racist. She's like, she's, it's Eurocentric of you. Like, but it's like, it's not. You're just telling yourself that you think all like non-white people are ugly. That's what the leftists <laughs> think. They genuinely think they're all, like, and it's like gross. Like they're it's the real ones. But they're <laughs> there. <laughs> Democrats are the real packets. It's so, it's so real. you about Sinha because I heard you on Thoughts and Prayers. Uh, you were talking, the first time you were on Thoughts and Prayers, I suppose, uh, you talked about Eyes Wide Shut with, with Q&A, and I was really actually struck, Amy. I was like, Amy should be doing more film criticism. Honestly, I was like, she knows what she's talking about. Maybe a little something about Cine asked myself, maybe did some film studies, whatnot. And I was like, this girl gets it. Honestly, Amy, my recommendation to you, I think you should do more film stuff. Actually, I wanted to ask you about lips of TikTok. We can do that at the end, but like back out of the culture wars. Well, maybe don't back out because it's gonna it's gonna be a lot easier to hold the positions we hold. I think a year from now, people are gonna be trying to be like people like us. It's not gonna be as controversial. I think the winds are changing, uh, and so it's not gonna be as much of like. I think it's gonna feel like we're sticking our necks out less to say what we think because of the stuff that we've been doing. Because you and me have been doing this for the last few months, and other people. But I, I'm like Amy. Forget all the culture shit. You are a fucking cultural critic. You understand art. You understand the 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 cinema. What's your background on cinema? Like, how did you get into to film? 
Um, God, I was just like, I've always been like, I've always had that like nerdy side, right? I would always like, like I loved like, I loved like Hitchcock when I was like young. I was like, I, that was what really got me into cinema was oh. like, uh, like Psycho and kind of like Vertigo, all these kind of, um, and then more of the kind of classic Hollywood, like Sunset Boulevard and like some like nice. hip And then I kind of like, I don't know. I just kind of like, the way you do it, I've got a curious mind, right? I remember like mm-hmm. with Cuba, for instance, I remember like uh, Clockwork Orange, like I really wanted to watch it. And I, my auntie had like said it was just stirred, like shit. I remember, and I asked my dad, I was like, can I watch this film, Clockwork Orange? He was like, no, it's sick. He wouldn't let me, like <laughs> it was completely banned from me. And like, so I was trying for years to try and watch it on like a stream. And then I remember I first watched it, I watched like, the first 20 minutes of it and it's like this like, brutal rape scene. And I was like, <laughs> yes. I had to put it off. I put it off and like, I was just scared of it for years. And then I think I watched The Shining and then mm-hmm. I was just, my mind was just like, okay. Cause when you watch a Kubrick film, it's like, it's not, there's an implicit knowledge that it's not just about what it's about on the surface, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. The Shining isn't just about like a haunted hotel. That's not what it's about. Like, mm-hmm. um, and kind of like uh, Full Metal Jacket isn't just about like, some guys going to war it's like it's it's very different and i think i really do like cinema that does that because i think cinema is like a vessel for like raising human consciousness Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. i think we need more stuff that does that and i kind of like that's always been my kind of interest in it but like yeah i love like my favorite directors are like gus van san kind of like sofia coppola all these kind of like uh, i love like american indie i'm really into like that kind of stuff i also like, yeah, I actually really like Greta Gerwig. I'm gonna sound like a lib, but I really did. I saw the Barbie movie. I thought it was good. I was like, um, I know it was like has this kind of weird. I know. What do you think of Barbie? I so I haven't seen the film because I'm like a loser who didn't go. But I think what I'm finding fascinating is this new trend of um contradiction well there, everything's contradictions right I, I noticed a lot of contradictions within Kubrick's films when I was thinking about them but really overt contradictions now where it's like people are going to see Barbie right and libs are being like this is the greatest feminist movie I've seen right-wing people be like this is about like how great patriarchy is everyone gets out of it what they came into it with which is I think actually interesting and kind of against the point of cinema honestly in my mind this is almost more like a marketing trick of the of the modern era because I feel like cinema is supposed to challenge you in my opinion it should be expressing the viewpoint of the creator right they should be telling you what they think or or challenging you to ask questions or, or what have you and i feel like these this barbie movie is very fascinating because i think people come out of it often with like what they it, it confirms their biases i don't know do, do you, you see that yeah like one people want to say it's about like it's alpha it's about the alpha males and one people want it to be about like all the lib kind of yeah yeah, yeah. And, I, and i think in it was this kind of like satire of like all sides of like it's a very centrist film really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, do you remember the movie like it was called don't look up it was like a netflix i think kind of film and it was all like and everyone saw that and everyone who watched it was like this is about climate deniers and Mm. i fucking watched it i was like this is about vaccine people who don't listen to people like me who are saying that like no the vaccine's dangerous like seriously and i was like i saw that film most of them i guess it was like this is about like i was like i had such a different takeaway from it and i was like wow it's so interesting that there's uh so many different ways that you can bake into you these, can read, these you structures. can take what you want it's like people did that with tar right people did the same thing sure um, tar's a great one yeah uh, I, I loved i loved don't look up i thought it was like i kind of agree i think that within it is a kind of a satire of again like all kinds of mm. like they're definitely like the elite thing. I don't think it's just about climate change. That's such like a surface mm-hmm. 
take it's like um i think it critiques like the the pompous nature of the kind of pro-vax camp which is kind of like they genuinely like the, the, i i hate the pro-vax like this the pfizer like warriors like they're, they're kind of like the most like self-important people who are just like they think that they're kind of above they think like they're above like anti-vax people because they've read this cdc study or whatever you know <laughs> They didn't even, they never, let me tell you, they never read the study. They read a press release from somebody or they heard it on MSNBC. Exactly. <laughs> and then they're like, they're like, but like, if you have like one, why is your piece of information the correct piece of, you're just both processing mm-hmm. information. Um, 100%. But it's like, yeah, I love Don't Look About, I love Tar. I, I like the very modern tone of those films. I'm like very into stuff that's i'm into stuff that's very much trying to say something i'm not i'm not like an art for art's sake kind of person i really do think it's mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. i feel like kubrick is definitely trying to say things it's interesting because i said contradictions are very modern there's a lot of different ways you can like look at all, a lot of his work uh either as a collective which i, th- I really want to ask you about that kind of the idea of, of all these films telling a story themselves but like so like, for example clock of you mentioned is it interesting to you do you remember like you kind of alluded to this like this concept of like knowing clockwork orange before you saw it it was like this entity like i remember that too as like as a teen like in the, the 90s and hearing about clockwork orange and being like what is this and there was no streaming that i, I like someone lent it to me on vhs like it was literally like you had to like know somebody and kind of get it because it was like not an easy an easy find i guess you could get the, the video store if you were old enough I, I was not um but the point being that there was almost like a cult element to that to two 2001 to, even to the shining you know um do you remember yeah it, like your perception of kubrick before you understood who he was did you have like a a, a concept of him in your mind or of his work well, i was like so young i wouldn't like have even known known like directors right, i okay. just remember seeing it the cover of it and i was just like a, such a weird cover and i was like um and i just heard it was really like disturbing and stuff and i kind of like so like that was and then I think I saw The Shining with my mum and dad, like, long after. And I think even then I was too young to, like, even know what a director, you know, I didn't know directors' names. And I was mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and then I think when I saw 2001, that was when I was, like, you know, I was in my, like, late teens. And I kind of, like, mm-hmm. that was when I kind of, like, okay, and I understood that, like, this is, like, an auteur director, right? This is kind of, like, um, and I guess, I don't know. I, I can't remember if I've said this before, but, like, I was, like, I think like I I think he's like a dissident artist. I think he's like always mm-hmm. been like uh, 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 you know in conflict with the kind of state or the deep state you call it like kind of like when he made uh what's it called uh Doctor Strange Love like McCarthyist like calling him a communist because he was like didn't want war and mm-hmm. then and then after that it was like he made 2001 but then he like he was like he went to these like ai companies and was like okay i'm gonna make a pro ai film and then he gave like the execs like this cut of it where they make how like not as bad and like see and then he like changed it just after after he got all their funding and he made it like quite anti-ai which was quite i think that was kind of like that was a power move of him and then obviously the shining there's like the whole like oh the moon landing conspiracy and he's kind of getting at that it's also the shining is like very much about like sexual abuse and stuff like that mm-hmm, is- mm-hmm. and it's like i don't know and this is an anti-war film full metal jacket and mm-hmm. then obviously the culmination of his work like the eyes wide shot which the one probably got him killed i don't know it felt like it did <laughs> um 
yeah, he's always just been like, I, I'm just mesmerized by like how this guy managed to stay mainstream despite like going against like, I mean, Clockwork Orange banned again. That's another film that's like, mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. accused of like promoting violence. Every single one was so provocative and kind of, and there's no artists like that really now, apart from like Kanye West, like I guess like, sure, um, actually, yeah. Azealia uh, Banks and MIA, I think, do a bit, but they're just so, so cancelled. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this like kind of canvas is different, right? The medium is different because it's they do film, uh, I guess, on the yeah. side or whatever. But like, uh, what the role of cinema was in like the sixties and seventies versus now, where there's just we're, we're surrounded by images and like media. It's everywhere. It's like in our faces. Like the act of going to a film and seeing it and sitting down and watching something. Um, you you said something very I think insightful earlier about um cinema essentially like having the power to raise our our consciousness really and i think that is true i think it also has the power to subvert it or to program us too and i think it can go either way to be honest yeah i know when you mentioned uh, kubrick being kind of like a dissident i think that's interesting too because i can see a reading of that i can also see reading of him as almost like um a, a, um, I don't know, like a teller of deep state stories, kind of a keeper of their of their secrets in a strange way. I don't know. There's a lot of things, right? The, the deep state or like military industrial complex, let's, let's call it. They're in Stalker Strangelove for sure. They're in 2001 for sure. I think you see them at play in, you see the state at least in play in Clockwork Orange. You see, um, and then definitely with like Eyes Wide Shut, kind of this like notion of a cabal or kind of a, a secret society, right? And I think those that thing really does run through his work a lot. Yeah, that was really interesting. I was like making notes of his of his themes. What do you make of that? What do you make of like just the conspiracy theories, I guess, like like uh, Kubrick making the uh the film landing footage, Kubrick being murdered by the deep state for eyes wide shut. Do you think there's a validity to that? I think that the conspiracies like lend to like a like testament to the art and like how it can be dissected mm. in like so many ways. And like the moon landing thing i don't know it's very like it's far-fetched it's like i can like see it uh i do definitely think the cia killed him like i do really think with eyes wide shut I, that's one conspiracy i do believe uh the moon landing i'm not sure i've watched like <laughs> room 237 documentary and stuff and obviously there's like i don't know if he's like playing with the idea of it like he's kind of like trolling mm-hmm. like i kind of but i don't know i do love the idea of believing it though um I think did I think on Thoughts and Prayers they told me that you think he's kind of like uh yeah, he's someone who like feeds information from to give us a little bit a kind of what was that you have a term for it, right? There's yeah, well there's like there's a term called predictive programming that people will use sometimes. It's like um you see it with like 9-11, like the Simpsons, right? People are always like the Simpsons predicted everything. I, I don't know. I think there is like something Alex to Jones, people say that about Alex Jones, right? They say that he's <laughs> kind of like a fad. People I've heard people say that. Sure, sure, but... sure. I think with Kubrick, it's it could be that he's maybe uh, got some kind of grand plan. My personal reading is it's uh Almost like he's his as an artist, he is dialed into those like collective unconscious. There's a kind of like idea of the subconscious that we all share, that we all emerge from. And his work through cinema, which I think I think cinema is a technological kind of recreation of a lot of subconscious processes, like dreams and memories and and whatever else we don't even know goes on down in the depths of our mind can be kind of like recreated and restructured. Uh through cinema but also it can affect those processes right it can affect our dreams it can affect our memories uh in the same way that it also is kind of reenacting those and so he's like dialed into i think something where it's either maybe he's just sees the future almost in a sense like almost unconsciously sees the future you know like he's a prophet in a sense you know i think that is a possible a possible reading i don't know i get a little bit on the people are like a lot of times like yeah there's predictive programming and i don't always think 
I don't know. Like the idea of someone be like, here's your script and you're going to go out and make a movie that's going to like put little hints in there. That's going to one day people will put together and know that that means 9-11 or whatever. Like to me, that doesn't seem as likely as it being unconscious, as it being just almost this kind of like reflex sort of that gets uh, embedded in things or kind of comes through the artist, you know, and gets put onto the onto the screen or whatever. I wonder sometimes how conscious he was because you mentioned like the the fact that you don't always know what's going on with the films or there's more going on with the films than meets the eye. The, the mise-en-scene, the like, little details in this each shot, like, what do you make of that? He's a very detail-oriented uh, filmmaker. Yeah, and it's like almost when there's like, this. I, I think there's like mistakes in some of the films, like continuity errors and stuff. And like, oh, mm-hmm. even that, I feel like they're deliberate. I feel like it's yes. a deliberate, like, uh, there's this whole thing about The Shining where it's like, there's no, there's no supernatural elements in it at all basically apart from one moment where like you know when he's locked uh uh, jack nicholson is locked in the shelly devon locks him in the cellar um with all the food right right Mm -hmm. that door opens from the outside but like there's no one there to do it so that's the only moment in the film where it's like technically interesting like super um i remember i watched like a freaking really long video about like whether that was like a mistake or whatever but like um yeah, I mean, it's the, the intention to detail is like, it's like insane. I mean, he's obviously very autistic, right? He's like, um, <laughs> um, very much. He's like the but original you know, Taylor Swift, I feel like. <laughs> he's like put so many like clues, but there is like, I don't think they're clues for clues sakes. I think there is definitely some kind of design to it, at least to a degree. I don't know. Uh, you're right. The continuity, I saw something with like um, Full Metal Jacket. There was a whole theory about seven diamonds of hearing like there's like the seven diamonds of hearing places that there's a scene where like uh they kind of it's like a really minor error but like this uh wall they kind of walk in front of is like repositioned for the next shot in a way that doesn't really make sense continuity wise it almost seems like it's being emphasized sort of Uh, i think there's a lot like that where i don't think they're mistakes you know no no, i don't i don't think he makes any because the the amount of shots he does like when he made tom cruise walk for that door like 200 and whatever yes (laughs) clearly just like yeah that guy doesn't make any mistake the diamonds thing is very interesting i think there's like a spiritual element to like kubrick's films generally mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um i think he's i mean like 2001 like parables the entire of like human existence in terms of like and predicts the future in a way of like materialistically really like it's like a kind of determinist thing right it's like the monkey or the homo sapiens find that block um but like they find that and that like triggers them that triggers like a pattern of like human development where mm-hmm. like they like a, a species that uses tools um and then obviously the next time they see the, the monolith it makes them go extraterrestrial so it's like mm. he's saying like how people should develop right he's saying that this should be the focus what you should like expand he's basically saying you should expand consciousness and the monolith is this film screen right that's a cinema mm-hmm. screen mm-hmm. it's meant to be mm-hmm. so it's his, his whole thing is like through this medium of film which is like unlike any art form is like a transcendental thing that like you should push what humans are capable of through that i think um and i think that all the t- attention to detail and stuff comes in because you can't really get that in like even like novels right you can't get that level of kind of experiential kind of like mm-hmm. fundamental so true yeah yeah, yeah. 
I feel like it's interesting because it's like each of these monoliths, that, that film, you said that uh, the first monolith, they kind of def- discover tools, which is true. They also discover violence, right? They also kind of have like a little bit of a, a, a fall at the same time as it's like progress. And I mm. think there's almost like a path, there's almost like a choice, it seems like to me at each of these like stages. They do they seem to represent like initiations or, or stations of the cross almost, or, or some kind of like transition from uh, period to period. And I think it's, uh, it's really interesting because I think that theme of like violence is obviously really prominent in his work and it almost seems to me i almost started to wonder it's like is this like this is gonna sound crazy i was like is it sacrificial to a god of some sort because there's so much violence and blood like specifically blood on screen and i was like this feels like an offering to some hidden god some sort of like mechanistic uh man machine god because i feel like this is the darker reading maybe that if he if he is kind of like maybe pro deep state or whatever that he is He's in alignment with like the quote unquote the science, right? The science is very much a theme as well in these films, from Doctor Strangelove uh, to 2001, and this idea also as like the science as like these high priests of our civilization and the like kind of closest to their kind of their auto god, their man machine god. And I feel like I don't know. It's almost like it's hard to make. A, I can't. I can't assume his intent. I don't know his intent, but it does almost seem that like with these readings, you could. You can read his films as being either like very pro humankind and pro progress and pro uh, transcendence or a path of like darkness too. There's like there's definitely both choices in there, and I don't know that I don't think it's easy to make an uh, assessment of what he where he lands like on it. I think he's almost presenting those as choices for us. He's like almost saying like this is like humankind, and you can go. You could go one of two ways. There's also a lot of subjugation. There's a lot of the films are about like subjugation to technology. Well, mm-hmm. subjugation of woman to man. I feel like that happens a lot with like Shelley Duvall's character in The Shining with Lolita. Um, there's also man being subjugated to like the machine, like of society, like with Clockwork Orange. Um, there's a strange commentary throughout the films that feels very relevant to our present day. I know that was like, kind of a lot and messy. Yeah, no, it is like super like, I think he's like, He's very anti, like, the corporatization of, like, kind of, like, tech, right? And, like, the, the point of, like... Because, like, AI, like, in theory, mm-hmm. I'm, like, aware, obviously, but, like, I just know it's going to be used as, like, a censorship sure. tool, right? So it's, mm-hmm. like... It's, like... And I think... He's never really been open about, like, what his politics were, really. I, th- I feel like he was maybe, like... I feel like he's probably, like, a dissident, right? Kind of, like... I feel like he's that kind maybe. of... Um, but I think there's, like maybe this weird fusion that probably we both have have. I, I feel like I'm like a combination of like left and right basically I kind of I feel mm. I, well, I, f- I feel like I feel like I'm like a Gen X like left okay. you know in that kind of like Glenn Greenwald kind of tradition right or sure. live, like you know like but now the left is just like the the, the very corporate it's very just um but like I feel like Kubrick is that right he probably have he probably have an anon account on and <laughs> But yeah, like the subjugation of women, really proper in like Eyes Wide Shut as well. Um, Although there's a twist, right? Because like Eyes Wide Shut, there's subjugation of women, but there's also kind of this idea that maybe Nicole Kidman's character is like maybe more uh, aware of what's going on, perhaps that towards the end, it almost maybe signals like a a, a shift towards a longhouse or matriarchy or something like that, because in in that particular film. Uh, But yeah, yeah, you're right. There is that that film definitely. It's interesting. 2001 and Eyes Wide Shut feel like very much not quite inversions of each other or mere images, but there's a lot of, it's almost like, I, I don't know, it's like Old and New Testaments almost maybe is the way to say it. They both feel very much like um, mission statements almost. Whatever, whatever he's trying to say, I think they're very much embedded, uh, most like kind of crystallized in those two films. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite Kubrick film? I really love Barry Lyndon. I really oh, think interesting. that's a beautiful, like, and just like a 
incredibly like funny like and just like profound on like a level of like this guy who has like absolutely no control over his like destiny basically and just mm, like mm. things just happen to him and he's just like this i think it's like uh really good obviously eyes wide shut probably is my mm. other favorite there but they're all just so so good interesting yeah. you mentioned long Like I, I read uh bronze age mindset very recently Stand up read- he's a secret fan yeah. of the show i i love the book i was like it's great actually so like it made me feel so much which i hadn't felt from reading like a like a political manifesto mm, for like mm. forever it was like it's like there's loads of stuff that obviously i like i don't agree with or whatever there's loads of stuff i do agree with in it but it's like i think it's less about that and like it's like the feeling it creates mm-hmm. you know, it's very much like red pill of me like further in terms of like <laughs> what yeah it's just like I think this is the idea of like meaning. I've just realized like there is just literally no meaning in this like way we live. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mm-hmm. problem. Like I think it's like genuinely like I say like atheism and capitalism, like the intersection of them is the worst thing for like people. Generally, I think it's like the worst thing mm-hmm. for humanity in terms of like it's a system that's based purely just on the plight of the individual to accumulate just products for like no reason i think that's and it's like i'm not that's me saying that those two are an issue it's not me saying i'm like uh like a theologian like you're full of i'm into like theology or anything sure. or i'm like into like you know socialism or whatever but like i just think these two i think they are just like I mean, what is the point what is the point of it all existing if it's just about like making loads of money and then dying like i mm-hmm. genuinely think like and I do agree with that, but, like, science is a cult. I do think it's, like... 100%. They don't really, like... I hate the idea with science where it's just, like, science, the scientific consensus was just what, what the the latest science, right? But it's, like, people would have fucking laughed at, like, uh, you know, Isaac Newton for, like, discovering gravity. Like, before that was discovered mm-hmm. through science, it was, like, mm-hmm. oh, the scientific consensus said it. So that's what's just rich bullshit to me, is, like, mm-hmm. the idea that there aren't, like, you know higher forces and shit like that um, which isaac newton people i don't know are very aware he was very much a mystic as as much as he was a scientist i believe he cited i'm just gonna be wrong that he cited some of his discoveries as essentially like divine providence like he was just like i was inspired uh i was transmitted you know to to make these kind of conclusions um there is it's interesting there is kind of like i don't want to say there's a bronze age mindset reading uh there is probably a bronze age mindset reading of that but there is there is something about like this idea like uh freedom versus like control you know there's like, there's, like a struggle attention that's in all, all of these films and like I, the, the thing that came through for me was like i don't know how familiar you are with cybernetics like this uh concept of cybernetics which is like it has a really negative connotation i think nowadays uh but it's like, essentially like the systems science of systems or the science of like or the philosophy of like uh integration between man and machine or really between different types of systems um it's also kind of the way that technocracy is kind of like the study of the philosophy of technocracy in a sense also uh and it's very much uh aligned with kind of like that 1950s like post-war scientific order the, the kind of people you see in like dr strangelove cybernetics it's really interesting so it's all about like you know man and machine and like how we can 
how we essentially, when a man uh, integrates, when humankind integrates with the technology, that that becomes a new system. So we're not just talking about humans and machines as separate entities, but now that combined entity is like one new kind of uh, thing that can be kind of studied and analyzed. And the analogy they always use is like a, a man and a walking stick or a blind man and his cane. It's like a blind man has his cane and he uses that to kind of help him walk. And that becomes like, they become a cyborg essentially, right? Because they're they're kind of using, he's using this technology. And you see a lot of like um, cybernetic in these films between like man machine you know obviously in, in uh 2001 but even like dr strange love where they're kind of like obedient to this doomsday machine that they've created it's like they're, they're kind of like at its whim but i was thinking about like even in clockwork orange which has a huge technological component too obviously with like the mind control uh feels very mk ultra at one point but he walks around with a cane and i was like you know like this is so skin so but i was like was Kubrick signifying anything or trying to tell us anything about cybernetics or uh, either as a warning or as a tribute. I, I know it's just like a super uh, little thing. I don't remember the book if he has a cane. Have you read, have you ever read Clock Records? I've read the, the, book. I've read the book. Isn't that wild? Oh my God. I had to read it out loud to myself when I read it because it was so hard to read. Uh, sorry, <laughs> just like, yeah, I don't like, um, I like him, but like, I'm like, yeah. There's another book by Burgess that's really good. I can't remember the name now. Where the, it's like a dystopian future where everybody's gay. It's so <laughs> funny. Where it's like everyone's encouraged to be gay. Right. He, is Burgess gay? I feel like he's pretty I gay. I think possibly, yes. I found a really funny essay. It was like the queer reading of 2001 also, <laughs> which I was like, oh my goodness. Um, although, I mean, because they are kind of like alone on that spaceship, so to speak. I, I guess there is a little bit of eroticism there. What's your favorite like pet, I guess, Kubrick theory? Do you have like a favorite like little conspiracy that pops up here or there or like little element in a film that people glom onto? Because there's so, there are so many different theories, uh, like fan theories and analyses. Mm. Well, a favorite moment too. I mean, it's gotta be like something in Eyes Wide Shut, right? I think it's like, my like take on Eyes Wide Shut is like, I guess like, I guess it's like a theory, but I guess it's like, the okay, it's about the elite, right? It's about, this elite cult but it's about that like abuse being reproduced on a mass scale from mm -hmm. the kind of it's not just about the kind of party every single woman in that film is like subservient to like the male like um the prostitute mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. the kind of the guy who works at the fancy dress shop and his like you know he's like pimping out his daughter is kind of mm -hmm. like um every single even like there's an implication somewhere that like the daughter of Tom Cruise will also just be like subjugated by this like sex. And I think that was what like I, I really like about that film is like that it's like it's talking about it as like a wider societal thing rather than like this kind of like mindset, this like horrible mindset that's like implemented us by the elites is like a kind of form of like tyranny that they're like implementing on us beyond just mm -hmm. the girls. Uh, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, the Lily mm -hmm. or Express, right? Beyond that kind of like all girls. And I think that's coming through now in terms of like, uh, you know, sex work is work stuff, right? You can even see it now. It's mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. the idea that it's like, oh, it's empowering to be a sex worker. It's like OnlyFans, it's like just completely normal. It's completely like, um, and it's like, yeah, this like sex positivity movement has been like a, a smokescreen to like just, I don't know, just monetize people's bodies to like a way mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, to the point where it's just people can have access to your actual body for money and that's just like fine mm -hmm. it's like a it's like and that really scares me and i think like 
um and it's disappointing to see it coming from like feminists and stuff who i thought were like supposed to be against um so i guess that's my theory i'm not it's not like a super batshit theory or whatever um yeah the subjugation like the the modern thing that you're kind of describing like um sex work is work like only fans it's all that's more of this subjugation of the body to technology like you're kind of giving your body to the computer essentially and you're kind of mediating yourself through technology you're losing your essence of like natural physicality it, it kind of ties in with all of yeah of all these themes i think that we're kind of identifying you know but i guess with the cybernetic stuff i guess like my fear we're kind of already there basically in terms mm. of like we're all just in these like uh existing on these like phones and stuff that's like where everything we see is like curated for us by ai and it's just like made to like we only see a certain like the spectacle of kind of and it's like i really feel like we are literally just essentially like cyborgs because of like how addicted we are to like social media and stuff yeah. which is like but how else do you even it's interact with the world it's like um maybe it's through looking through the little clues maybe there's a lesson in the films of the fact that there are like Kubrick encourages the viewer to look for kind of clues or be observant I guess you could say to be present is another way of saying it being mindful you have to be aware of the surroundings you have to kind of take it in and look for the details uh Mm -hmm. maybe that's a solution maybe that's our solution out of this hellscape is that we're so focused on these little mini monoliths in our pocket right these little gray screens but like there are details around us and when we actually do look at the I find that I actually pay attention when I actually am somehow present and mindful like I'm like oh how interesting there's all these little hidden connections and just little things that you just didn't see before you know and so maybe maybe we uh need to use our, our Kubrick eye use our, our directorial eye in real life I think that maybe it's going to be a lesson I just uh I just thought of but I feel like there's something to that there's something to an attention to detail that may save us <laughs> yeah that's very true yeah like reading between the line and just like yeah understanding like what is designed as propaganda and what is like not and it's kind of like really hard to sift through it's really hard to like know what's real and what's like fake it's kind of like and know who's a fad and who's not a fad and it's like mm-hmm. it's like yeah kind mm-hmm. of scary but that like mm-hmm. cybernetic future really scares me this kind of like um and i think it's a lot of it comes in the in the trans stuff it's very much there especially with the kind of yeah yeah male mummy milk thing i had that whole drama with the um, <laughs> sure to me that felt Just like very <laughs> It felt very much like, okay, we're going to, like, create this, like, there's no point in that person doing that when you can just, you can just follow on, right? There's no point of them doing there, that. Yeah. There's you an know, original recipe you can follow. Yeah, <laughs> like the ADP stuff or whatever, but, like, on a service level, it's, like, you're just, like, you're creating an experience out of your body yeah, that yeah. is made to be, like, mass-consumed, right? And it's, like, that's where you get mm. to, like, with transplants with trans women or something they're against. I think that's really stupid. It's, like, I think they want it to be, like, a completely customizable society, mm. and it's like, mm. it's very it's very cyberpunk or whatever, but it's, it like... Is. Yeah, but it's like, simulacra. I mean, they're all doing these simulations of like of experiences, like chest feeding. It's not they're not really even producing that much milk. It's just going through the motions. It's like all these kind of uh, trying to just yeah, like approximate experience through all these different references almost. When it's like you know, there is a real there's a real order to things. I don't know. You can't have every experience, I suppose. Like some things are not going to be attainable. So <laughs> yeah, it's so strange the idea that you just want to mimic every single biological. But it's like if like you told an autistic person or like an AI to be a woman, right? You'd be like, okay, I have to do all take all these steps to be a woman, right? Oh, I've got to have a baby. I've got to get 
pregnant I've got to like have my period I've got to breastfeed you know it's like if you asked an AI to be a woman it would do those things but like the people that do it don't realize that you just don't really seem like a woman you know what I mean (laughs) that's the be all and end all of it it's kind of like um but like why do you need that why can you not just be you know be what you are and kind of like be feminine be like that kind of you don't have to like have this biology that you're not supposed to have it's like it's it's never ends mm-hmm. well like mm-hmm. and I guess you can critique that with me obviously I take hormones and stuff but it's like I think there's a I think it takes it to another level when you like kind of like um I don't know stop I know I kind of hear what you're saying it, it, it's a little bit beyond the cosmetic right it's going for it's going for something more primal like they're trying to take like these like very deep experiences and have them too it, although it's, it's yeah I don't know it's 100% because it's like when you when you like you say when it's cosmetic i think like i i don't with cosmetic surgery and stuff like i have an issue with like the beauty industrial complex but like i don't think surgery is inherently bad at all like i think like um camille poggio has this amazing quote where it's like beauty is like our tool against nature right when we create beautiful things like pyramids and kind of like um architecture that's against nature because it's all straight and it's all like that's not mm-hmm. that's not natural so i kind of like mm-hmm. I think someone can have surgery and like be, so it's like I'll, I'll take hormones that's another aesthetic thing it goes against it but i think it's when you do these kind of like spiritual experiences like um all these just like things that are like so important to like women and just try and like simulate them through tech it mm-hmm. becomes very very scary it's like i genuinely like it feels like our like nick land kind of shit you know kind of like totally (laughs) accelerationist kind of like like these are the most like right people there are these are the most like fashy it's like it's they genuinely are like that but they just like they have they're anti-human in many ways i think because i feel like what you're hearing from you is that you still have a sense of humanity of of mankind within you that you are like trying i see the cost here's your here's your pass out your cosmetic uh choices you 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 care about aesthetics to a degree Uh, i think we all want to live our lives like yeah. star of our own life right like we should you should be the star of the movie of your life that yeah. should be your goal and so you're kind of uh reflecting the character you want to see but i feel like uh, it sounds to me like you're seeking it. the experiences internally you're seeking are not just fake approximations of what you think it should be you're trying to find the real thing you're trying to find out who you are which i think is the whole the whole mission of this entire quote-unquote trans agenda and lgbt it's all about selling identities to people right but it actually displaces identity it actually distracts people from who they really are it doesn't ask you to ask the question to like look within and like figure out what really makes you tick and like makes you who the person is that you are it gives you a word that you can latch onto, and now you can just say that's who you are you don't have to do any more self-reflection yeah 100 and i don't think even like with a lot of the trans stuff like especially the non-binary thing like um it's not even about gender really like they're not really like these like she they's and these like he they yeah. they're not really like totally, gender totally, totally. At all. They're, they're, they're like just goblins yeah. <laughs> like, they're just kind of like boring people really like kind mm-hmm. of submit kind of like um i don't know what was that we're called all them like leftist new males basically like that right they're like yeah, a little yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um and they kind of they're not like interested in androgyny in any kind of way which kind of like confused yeah. yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm, totally they're, they hate <laughs> beauty because they hate beauty they yeah, because androgynous so, is beautiful. Yeah, it can be beautiful. Exactly. There's a yeah, the blending of the two like in a beautiful way. Yeah, exactly. But there's just this whole like yeah, it's just it's disgusting. Because um, I'd be I'd kind of be pro if they were like, okay, we're gonna be like 
committed to like being androgynous beings that exist outside of and that's like who we feel like and that's what i'd probably be pro the idea of but if they don't do that they're like non-binary it's, people don't know you androgynous like that kind of like line it's just like it's so fucking dull it's it's fucking weird i want to actually ask you about your film though what's um tell me a little bit about that like what's what's going on there so it's about it's called envy desire and it's kind of like it's hopefully the start of like a mini series of like a few films nice um, it's kind of like Sex and City, but for like online reactionaries, kind of like <laughs> base trannies. <laughs> other people as well. Like I think it's just it's like I love it. And it's kind of like this this one episode is like um this girl and she thinks she trans girl and she thinks she has a like a straight normal boyfriend, like every 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 doll wants, right? They want like a hetero man. And then her friend, uh Natasha is played by Pariah the Doll, says, um, he's actually an AGP. Um, he's actually like an autogynephal who <laughs> wants to be you. And then I, my character is like a bit of a lift. She's like, no, uh, this is some weird Tucker Carlson conspiracy theory. This is not real. And slowly the film reveals that like, yeah. I love he's this. He's a man that she thinks, yeah. Um, and I think like, I wanted to be like that with like Sex and City because I feel like I loved Sex and City because I think it was, it was unashamed to make fun of people who like, um, and in a kind of understanding way, but like make fun of like fetishes, make fun of kind right. of guys with like small penises and stuff that was like normal or whatever. But now mm-hmm. it's kind of, you can't, you can't body shame, you can't kink shame, you can't really do it. And you can't be open about like dating at all because everyone has to be, everyone's perfect the way they are. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, but you can still make fun of uh, small dicks because that's like men. And so that's, that's, that's okay, well, I guess, but everything yeah. else. <laughs> yeah. it's it's really I've heard apparently it was anti-feminist. So okay. now they finally figured out it's transphobic. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's to me, it's just, uh, it's great what you're doing because I think everyone needs to be able to laugh at themselves. It's, like, it's so healthy to like laugh and make fun of yourself and make fun of the other tribes. Like it doesn't mean you hate people. It produces connection. It does not uh, divide people in my opinion. And I think, um, like, I think, like I said earlier, I think the zeitgeist is changing. We're moving towards uh, people are done with all this PC bullshit. They're fucking sick of it. It's clear that there's a stage managed uh, pivot. We're going back to the, the every 10 years we go from like super woke to super fucking un PC. I feel like that is happening. So I think the timing sounds good for your uh, your career. I'm excited for you. I wish you I luck. So, with that. I, I was worried that like I'm just be like blacklisted. <laughs> yeah, and it's good. I do would like to like make like a I would like to make like big budget films if I like, one day if I mm. don't know like mm-hmm. dream. Like, dream, that's it. My dream dream that's it my dream. don't let it go because it's uh, you just envision you have the gift of vision so that's the first start to making things happen I, it took me a long time to figure all this fucking shit out but you're young i'm serious i think this is the right time i think you'll get just canceled enough that's my prediction for for your work it'll be not like two years ago it'll be like just the right amount of cancellation that takes like, it off the ground <laughs> but like she's edgy she's kind of like yeah exactly exactly yeah. i i just i'm telling you it's Things are changing. Um, I guess I'm asking, you, I'm asking you a couple questions really quick before we go. Actually, I want to ask you a basic Chanel. Your handle is that a reference to the uh, like house group? Basic it's Chanel? Yeah, like the techno group and obviously Tech- and obviously the fashion house together. Um, as just like a double. I can. I've I've always love had it. it. Love it. Yeah, I'm like. Um, and I love the fragrance. Obviously, my alt account is basic Chanel number five. My little. Um, but yeah, I love that. I love. Um, I put. Pl- basic channel on when i'm trying to like write and work because i can like write very like it gets me into this like hypnotic zone i think it's timeless i think that music like all i i love i'm a huge uh dance music fan (laughs) you should speak more because it's like i'm so glad to have like a like a fellow guy who's like 
into like the arts world, right? Because it's like, you know, what I mean, like it just knows this like like avant-garde cinema and avant-garde music and stuff. Because it's like a lot I of people. Can, I can do it all. You want anti-Semitic conspiracy theories? I got you. Oh, you want some? God. You want some basic yeah. channel <laughs> history? You want something transphobic? I could do it. You want to talk about how uh, RuPaul's single and RuPaul trades? <laughs> I can do it. Oh, baby, don't worry. Yeah, no, we should. We absolutely should talk again for sure. Okay, I'm gonna ask you two two quick questions or one question two ways, I guess. I have two incidents I want to bring to your attention. I'm just curious for some feedback here. As I told you, I've been uh, labeled and smeared many things online, honestly. Transphobe actually, I don't even think is the top one right now. I think they, I think I'm so mad because I said gay people have a birth defect and shouldn't adopt children or whatever. Like, I don't know, like whatever. So people are kind of mad about that. But there have been some incidences that maybe on this podcast were controversial. I want to ask you this, I had a segment. It was called, let's bash some trannies and it was not bash i want to make clear it was not bash in a physical way it was about a drag a read it's a very gay coded tranny coded kind of thing i think the segment was applied to dylan mulvaney and maybe i forget what the other situation was somebody was acting out in the headlines right how transphobic was i on a scale of one to ten to name the same well, that i i think it's actually <laughs> inclusive. i think it's included i think that this is the thing with these like this new wave of the gays they just have no understanding of shade. They have no understanding. It's like, oh, thank um, you. They, they just literally like read each other. That's what you should do. That's what like, that's what I do. Right. And it's not like I hate people. It's just like, I think, I mean, this is why like, I love like, I'm, I'm too young to have been like part of like the, when gay, when gay culture was cool. It's always been a bit of cringe for me. Okay, but like, interesting. what I love about like the, like the early like drag race series and stuff is like, there's this kind of like, everyone is so horrible to each other and read each other, but there's this almost this camaraderie. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, I think that's there with me and Basil. I think even like, and a lot of people don't understand that. Mm-hmm. I really do think like, uh, like there is a kind 100%. of to it and a kind of like, um, but yeah, that idea of just being catty and not not affording any kind of just assuming that everyone wants is out to kill you or whatever it's kind <laughs> of because they're all auti- all autistic. Uh, yeah, new males. I'm really into that term now. I'm gonna say <laughs> they're not actually like they're not like they're not faggots at all. And faggots are like uh, so they don't take themselves seriously. Like well, from they can like take. Mm stuff in and that's like part of it and um, and these people just don't understand anything it's thank, like kind of thank you thank you in fact yeah. a good read is a compliment when someone gives you if it's a really well done read it's like oh they took the care to like execute this sassy little clapback takedown yes it was incendiary and it devastated me i've now ruined i will not sleep for days but it was like it's almost like a nice thank you card or something it's just like a little like kind of a sweet kind of personalized greeting (laughs) okay one more i have for you okay um i did say to i think this was to basil actually i this was a compliment in my opinion but i said a a trainee's place is behind a keyboard and i meant that as a compliment because of like artists like the great sophie many great musicians doing the electronic music from the uh, the trans world or like just good trolls and doing keyboard uh, warrior type stuff that did not go over well either how transphobic is it to say a tranny's place is behind the keyboard <laughs> i don't know if it's like what it's transfer i i kind of see there's a certain type of tranny right it's very very good at like electronic music right it's amazing and kind of like um mm-hmm. i think the trannies make very good models i think that's really what they're good like um like alex consani um mm-hmm. and kind of mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, Teddy Quinn Levin. It goes back uh, to the hyper feminine, like hyper real almost, because like that shit's so over the top. Company, this kind mm-hmm. of like, it's really good. And, totally. Um, but like, I can, yeah, I mean, they're very good at, they're good at Twitter. They, they run Twitter. Chinese are like, they, as in, they are literally so popular on Twitter as a tranny. It's like, I, I'm telling you, the super boss, the great global villain, beyond like Elon Musk, beyond the fucking Klaus Schwab, but at the top sits an evil trans woman. Her name is it Astrid. She is this very powerful woman. She doesn't like that I'm talking about her, but she runs the world. I'm telling you, there is uh, at the top of the pyramid. That's that's what we'll find. That's what I think Kubrick was really trying to warn us about, to be honest. Okay, yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> um, Amy, this was a delight. I really appreciate you coming on. I really enjoyed talking with you. I hope we can talk again sometime soon. I, I genuinely, yeah, I wish you so much success with, um, we didn't even get to your recent uh, stunt with Libs of TikTok, but I will just bill you as a Libs of TikTok star in the in the collateral. Um, where, can, where can people find you online? Um, well, basic underscore Chanel is where I'm mainly at on Twitter. Um, aging provocateur, uh, aging underscore provocateur on Instagram as well. Um, and yeah, watch my movie, please, please. We will, we will promote, we will like, we will subscribe. Um, thank you again for being here. Do you have a final, do you have final words for our, our remote viewing audience? Yeah, I just want to like, yeah, I want, I really like what you do and everything, and like, uh, I want to know more about your like conspiracies because I really want <laughs> to um, especially like yeah but 100% like I love what you do um, and hope we get to speak again soon